You're listening to a sponsored episode on The Top Line. Welcome, everyone. I am Stephanie Butler, Senior Commerce Director here with Fierce Life Sciences. Excited to be joined by Agilent Technologies here today while we talk about a really timely topic on addressing the evolving needs of pharma for complex diagnostics and CDX development. I have here with me Paul Beresford, who is the Vice President and General Manager, CDX Agilent Technologies, and Lou Wellbob, who is the Vice President and General Manager at Pathology at Agilent Technologies. So welcome to both Paul and Lou. So Paul, I'd like to start with you. I'd love to hear about your role and what you do there and what Agilent Technologies also does. First off, thank you, Stephanie, for having us here today. Uh, looking forward to having a great discussion around uh, Agilent Technologies and uh, also where the world of companion diagnostics is going. Uh, so just to give you a little background about my role, so I focus on companion diagnostics within our division. We are very focused on tissue diagnostics, so everything from immunohistochemistry into in-situ hybridization. We discover, we develop, we also commercialize these tests alongside Lou Wellabob, who is our head of pathology. And ultimately, the goal here is to identify the right patient for the right drug at the right time. And with that, so just to give you a little bit on my background, I've been in companion diagnostics for well over 20 years. Initially at a company called Ventana Medical Systems, then I uh, spent about a year at Roche after uh, Ventana was acquired from Roche, and then I spent over 10 years at a company called Biodesix, which is focused on liquid biopsy. And then I arrived at the Agilent about a year and a half ago. Excellent. Lou, I'd love to hear a little bit too about what your role is as as the head of pathology. Thanks, Stephanie. So the pathology division, what we do is we commercialize IVD tests for tissue diagnostics. Starting with the acquisition of DACO into Agilent in 2013, since that time, we've continued to progress the, the immune histochemistry platform as well as the rest of our advanced staining platforms, including special stains, including primary staining. So it's a pretty, it's pretty advanced set of portfolio comprising over a thousand diagnostic tests. A little bit about me. So my background as well as over 20 years of experience in the diagnostic industry, coming also spending a significant amount of that time at Roche Diagnostics working across multimodalities from NGS to PCR to, to now IHC. And so a lot of experience basically in addressing the complexities of cancer through various technologies applied to them, especially as new technologies emerge like next-generation sequencing. Excellent. Thank you both. I feel like there's a long history here that we can give us a little background, a little insights into how this space has developed. So want to start with you, Paul. Like, How have you traditionally addressed pharma partners' needs across the precision oncology continuum? And what's the history here? The history is actually very rich at Agilent. And DACO, for that matter, was the first company to develop a companion diagnostic. So 25-year anniversary this year for a test called Herceptest that was developed alongside the drug Herceptin to identify patients for this groundbreaking drug. And in light of that, it's a legacy that's continued over the years, including Agilent developing an assay to PDL1, which was to a drug named Keytruda. And ultimately, that is the gold standard now 
for not only identifying patients for immunotherapy, but also the gold standard for partnerships. And in light of that, this partnership has been a longstanding, very robust relationship where Agilent and Merck have worked together over the years to develop a, a gold standard test, bring this forward in terms of development with the FDA and, and other regulatory bodies across the world and then ultimately be very strong partners in that commercialization effort, which obviously Lou is very involved with. So maybe I'll pass it over to Lou to spell out that equation. Thanks, Paul. With uh, 22C3 DL1 working you know, very closely with our partnership with, with Merck, we've been able to actually affect about 5 million patient lives during that period. That includes over almost 90 countries. Okay, now with PDL1 as with 22C3 PDL1 as registered tests, and now with just increasingly number of indications in each of those countries as well. So the franchise has really evolved quite extensively since 2015. Now we start to see basically the sheer number of indications that are being applied for application already in, in, currently in existence, but also you really start seeing the true impact on patients as they now have the ability to, to obtain Keytruda on a global basis. So it's very powerful. Paul, anything you want to add from a history perspective? It's continuing that legacy is an important aspect of what we're here at Agilent to do. And there's been a very exciting period of time here over the last couple of years with uh, the focus of pharmaceutical companies on ADCs or antibody drug conjugates. And in light of that, we've also uh, brought forward a number of new assays to help support our pharma partners in this space. In particular, Sanofi uh, Ventus, we brought forward CCAM assay. And that assay is now in clinical development alongside our partner, Sanofi, and ultimately will be used to select patients for that therapy once it's approved and on the market. At the end of the day, Agilent continues this uh, rich legacy uh, in this space of companion diagnostics. We're also looking to evolve over time. We've spent a lot of time bringing forward uh, additional partnerships to enhance how immunohistochemistry is done. Uh, so in partnership with Lou, uh, we put in place a number of very strong partners to help broaden our technology focus in immunohistochemistry that includes bridging into digital biology and imaging, as well as all the way uh, into multiplexing. Perhaps Lou can give a little description of some of the partners that we have in that space right now. Yeah, I'd love to hear too, like it, it, what pharma partners want today. So Lou, maybe you can also expand on that as well. I think Paula started with that, but I'd love to hear more. Sure, Stephanie, I can expand on that. So pharma, today, today's pharma partners, the, the landscape is, is ever-changing from a speed-to-market perspective, right? So between the concept of a, a precision medicine and, as Paul said, having the right, having the in this case, the right diagnostic tests, the right therapeutic to the right patient at the right time, but also basically speeding that whole process up. So part of this is really around how do we, one, bring the, as the therapeutic needs speed up to the market, how do we also speed up the companion diagnostic um, that's necessary for that uh, therapeutic as well? We're really having to deploy some new ways of thinking when it comes down to basically the overall companion diagnostic and, as it, uh, and therapeutic journeys with the pharma partner. So it's really it's something that's really doing. The second thing that's happening is really that getting more information out of one tissue, out of a tissue sample is really important. 
And so this is where multiplexing comes into play, right? So it's multiplexing in histochemistry or multiplexing through multimodalities, really getting that, that, that information as soon as possible with minimum amount of tissue used into the oncologist's hands so they can also then best determine what the course of treatment would be for the patient. The other thing that we see is also a really strong advent in spatial biology right now. Uh, so spatial omics has been going on for many years. We're starting to see the real, we're really starting to see the resonance of, of looking at cells and their proximity to each other within, a, within the tumor microenvironment. Uh, now as those cellular distances are being more accurately measured by many of the modern spatial biology techniques, we have a very strong partnership with Akoya, does just that. And so through, that, through these partnerships, you start to see the, why those proximity cells are so important to, to cells, immune cells, uh, etc. One of the reasons you see that is because the concept is to continue to move the treatments, the immune cells and the cancer cells, bringing those closer and closer together. And so I think that's the, that's the concept that we have today with the ADCs. Okay, so the concept around using ADCs today is to improve the efficiency of that transfer, but also to improve the efficacy of the drugs. Right? And of course, in order to do that, we need to measure those cellular distances. We also need to do multi-measurements on a per-tissue sample. And so that's where this multiplexing spatial, spatial omics technologies are really coming into play today. And so those are some of the examples of how we need to, how we need to think smarter about the A-tissue sample and how we basically also need to obtain more information out of that single tissue sample in a faster period. Paul, would you like to add anything else that we're doing from a standpoint of speeding the development process? If you look at where Agilent has been very strong, it's that later stage IVD to commercialization, CDX development. And in light of that, we have built our reputation with strong partnerships in that area. However, there's an additional need, as Lou was saying, on how we can be a little bit more nimble, not necessarily to be under the IVD design control, but moving earlier with the tools such as a CLIA lab. So we've put forward developing essentially what's called the Biopharma Services Lab as an early stage tool to engage with pharma that allows us to discover and develop a range of assays alongside our partners. This is an area that we feel will be a big addition to our late stage work in that we can partner in a sort of a right size for that stage of development, right? We could bring forward a number of assays under CLIA. So we can act to discover and develop those with new technologies. The advantage with working with Agilent is that we're a life sciences tools, diagnostic and applied markets company. And in light of that, we can bring forward additional technologies alongside that development process. Today, we're in tissue diagnostics with immunohistochemistry, but long-term, we're going to bring forward additional technologies that Agilent has under the hood. So if you think about LCMS or flow cytometry, these are all things that are within the Agilent portfolio technologies. And in light of that, Pharma then wants to deploy those within essentially an environment where they can rely on that testing. And CLIA allows us to establish that sort of a framework. And from there, we can do testing from anywhere from phase one to 2A clinical trials to select patients. And this provides speed, it provides con continuity, efficiencies, and ultimately then that information that's uh, linking that uh, particular technology or biomarker to clinical outcome data can be used as feasibility to accelerate then 
the IVD development process and ultimately speed that program to market. So it's really a, a great asset uh, within the set of tools that we can engage with our pharma customers. And as Lou was saying, it's certainly something that provides continuity and speed uh, for our partners uh, to get to market in a more efficient and uh, focused way. I think another thing, Paul, we've been talking about is really the what can we do also to jumpstart the process with the pharma companies, right? And today, uh, having you know, pre-existing assays, I think, is really important. Uh, and so whether those assays are looking at, you know, uh, clinically relevant antibodies or clinically relevant variants, this is something that we really that we want to make sure we have available for the pharma partners so that they're not starting, they don't have to start from the beginning. Right, so having those all important uh, antibodies pre-developed, okay, and ready to go for the biopharma services lab is something that we really are focusing on today. And then whether it's panels of cancer-relevant antibodies or whether it's panels of the new ADCs, it's definitely something that's in our target and focus going forward. And again, that's all being requested by the pharma partners in order to basically speed speed the overall development process of the many diagnostic and also provide the support needed early early access for the therapeutic development process as well. Yeah, it, it, it's a great point. I think if you want to move towards growth, you need to have, a, you need to be able to diversify, you need to have the technology, and then you need to have the collaboration. And it seems like you have a great kind of process for going about doing that. So, you know, as I hear more about it, I'm thinking like, where are we going to go in the future? So what is changing and how are we going to address biopharma partners' needs in the future? So I'd love to hear if you can tell me a little bit, some of your predictions or things you're working on that you think are going to be something we're going to look forward to as we go down the road. Now, it's, a, it's an exciting time, right? If you look at where we were when we fought for Herceptin and Herceptest, a single marker, pretty standard technology. Automation has become a, a, a real focus for the industry over the years. But going forward, there are a range of different technologies that are going to make companion diagnostics, bring on additional information, be more robust and reproducible, and ultimately more timely. And that's the advantage of immunohistochemistry. chemistry. It's very rapid. You can get results uh, very quickly and get those in the patient's hands even prior to them initiating their therapy which will help guide therapy. Where we are today with this single-plex approach is uh, obviously the natural progression, you can imagine, is going to multiplex. As Lou said, we can take a single uh, tissue slice and run multiple markers on that, which then uh, makes that more information more rich. You can look at the multi-analytes and, and ultimately then not only per perhaps look at the target, but downstream signaling pathway members as a really enhance your look at the biology. But that's just today. We can get there today with our chromogenic multiplexing, which uh, is in the bright field, as well as immunofluorescence with our partnership with Acoya. And then down the road, ultimately, it's it'll be multiomics, right? Being able to bring in immunohistochemistry, our genomics technologies underpin a lot of the large diagnostic players out there. So bring in NGS information, whether that's DNA, RNA, all the way through now methylation with our recent acquisition of VITA. And that information then long-term can be used to really enhance that information on the patient, whether it's tissue or blood, and then attaching machine learning long-term to that strategy would be an important part of us growing into the, the new world of 
very complex digital biology and AI application. That's my vision. I'm, I'm, we're steps along that way, but you know, I'm sure Lou has a lot to uh, add to that equation as well. Yes, a few things for the laboratory itself as well. We know that there's improvements that are needed in the actual preparation, okay, and fixation of the tissue to the slides. So that's an area that we are that we're investigating. Also, adding more controls, okay, to the slides themselves that are also critically important to give a more accurate answer today than what may have been provided in, in the past, right? And also getting an idea about the tissue, the quality of the actual tissue or the slide is also important, both at the from the tissue level itself, but also from the, from the laboratory and the processing of it as well. So that's why we're partnering with VisioFarm for the Qualitopics tool, which would allow more in-laboratory control work to be done to make sure that the laboratory processes are, are being addressed as well as part of the overall quality assessment of the tissue and of the laboratory and ultimately of the results. I think as Paul mentioned, we see artificial intelligence, which is today a really a very popular word. But we've been using artificial intelligence for many years, both in our in our design of our assays, as well as design of our antibodies, as well as design of our SureSelect product line as well. Also incorporates artificial intelligence, been incorporated that for a long time. We're starting to see that moving downstream now from the, into the development of the assays. So using, using um, artificial intelligence and algorithms in the actual development of the assay to speed that process up, and then ultimately actually using artificial intelligence in the end result too, either from an AI assist perspective to assist the pathologist in reading the slides or basically taking it to the full endpoint of a fully digital solution. We see AI moving very quickly and very quickly in this space now. And we expect basically to, to see more and more digitalization occurring uh, in laboratories worldwide to take advantage of the advances that are happening in AI today. It's a lot of exciting developments. And I think when you look at how this technology is progressing and what companies, especially that you are doing, what who it will help in the end is the patient, right? I think, Paul, you started with that, right? Like how, the, how these tools and technologies and the way you're using them and partnering can in the end get better outcomes for patients. So I think it's a critical development and a great place uh, that we're going in the future. So really excited to see where things are going. Do you have any kind of final thoughts, anything you'd like to add? Really exciting discussion today and just speaks to the promise that we're able to fill, fulfill at Agile. It's not just the discussion of precision medicine, it's actually making a reality. So with these uh, technologies and tools, the various labs we're able to service pharma with, working in everything from discovery to late stage clinical trials, and then uh, obviously working with Lou's team to bring those assays through to a global commercialization. There's very few companies in the world that can do it. And Agilent uh, really is the premier partner uh, for pharma to be able to accomplish this. I'm proud to be part of this company and be able to say that our commercials, commercial presence is very important to fulfilling that need for patients and actually helping pathologists be able to identify those patients and then provide that information back to the patient so they can get the optimal therapy. Falls within Agilent's overall mission to improve the human condition, improving the lives of our customers, but also the lives of, of their patients as well is really key here. And so I think that's our goal in Agilent. And what Paul just describes is the goal that we, that he and I work every day to achieve through our respective divisions. 
Excellent. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Lou, for, and, and thank you to Agile and Technologies for taking the time with us today. Really looking forward to seeing where things go as we progress forward. So thank you to our listeners as well. And everyone have a great day.